Hello, and thank you for joining us today as we walk shoulder to shoulder, growing in the love of the Lord and each other. I'm Megan Silas. And I'm Pam Marvin. We are continuing our series on the Beatitudes. And today, Megan, we are talking about blessed are the pure in heart. They shall see God. Okay, so I have to say that this is the Beatitude I've been waiting for because (laughs) it is, in fact, my favorite beatitude. This is something that is a little bit of a thing for me. Often, uh, if I am starting up a friendship with somebody who is also a believer, um, sort of early on in the relationship, I often like to ask them, what is your favorite beatitude? Because I often find that... um, The answer to that question can reveal a lot about the heart of a person and Mm. and what's important to them or things that they've struggled with or that sort of thing. And so I really find it's a beautiful window into the heart of another person, uh, especially if they're a Christian who's actually pondered these things. Uh, So I'll just put that out there as maybe something that uh, our listeners might like to do in, in their spiritual friendships if they don't do it already, just as a really neat place of, uh, you know, starting point for Mm -hmm. a discussion and uh, see where it goes. So uh, when we were talking about this one, I really wanted to bring in a psalm because when Jesus says this, it's really actually a distillation of a longer part of scripture that is found in Psalm 24. So I was going to read that for y'all and um, we can kind of unpack it a little bit. So these are the verses, uh, Psalm 24, verses three through six, where David says, who may go up the mountain of the Lord, who can stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not given his soul to useless things, what is vain He will receive blessings from the Lord and justice from his saving God. Such is the generation that seeks him, that seeks the face of the God of Jacob. So there's like like a lot in there, right? Because, you know, sometimes when we hear pure of heart, like a lot of times people just kind of think of chastity or, you know, not having, you know, sort of... uh, a sensual nature, or they might think about purity of intentions. Yeah, I think of yeah. like no guile, no yeah. ugliness at mm-hmm. all, you know, a purity of heart. And yeah, and those are all true and definitely a part of this. But I really love the line that he says, who has, he who has not given his soul to useless things and what is vain So it goes to that question of what are we focused on? Where is our heart? You know, when the Lord talks about you cannot serve both God and mammon and where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. That's really what it's talking about. Mm. Where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And if your treasure isn't pure, it's not ordered towards the things of God then your heart won't be pure and you'll be ordered towards vain and useless things. And you won't be ordered towards what is godly things. And no one who is unclean can enter into the presence of God. So if you live out all of your life ordered towards 
the vain, the useless, the temporal, the unclean, and not ordered towards the, the pure, the perfect, the beautiful, that is godly things, you won't be able to see God. And that doesn't just mean at the end of life. It means in this life, yes, you will be blind to what is God in this world because God shows up all the time in all these different ways, especially in the souls of other people, because this is what this shows about so much about relationship. But if you're not ordered towards seeking him with purity of heart and right. trying to see him and having, you know, your focus be on the lofty things, you know, just like St. Paul says, the you know, focus on what is lovely, what is true, what is good, what excellent. is holy, what is excellent. <laughs> yeah. If that's having a pure heart, being focused on those things, if you're not and you're focused on what is vain and useless, you will be blind to the way that God reveals himself in this life and you will be separated from the vision of him in the next. Right. Well, you know, Megan, I really want to uh, kind of clarify or just kind of interject about how most of us don't think we're choosing the bad, like right? all these things, you know, we don't go out and say, I'm going to be choosing the bad today. It kind of happens naturally. And sometimes our sin, we are clouded in our judgment. So we don't see our sin. So I think it's really important here when we think about, or we encourage in our friendships for someone to, to seek the face of God. One of the most powerful prayers is to say to the Lord, Lord, show me where I offend thee. Show me where I'm offending thee. Because most of the time, I know this has certainly been in my case, that early on I wasn't even aware of the areas in which I was offending God. But right. it's not until we're honest with ourselves and say, Lord, I, I desire deeply not to offend you. So show me where I am offending you. I mean, that's very important component of this beatitude, I believe, is that you have to have that self-awareness and the grace from God to open your eyes to those areas. Because we don't we don't typically go out there to offend him. We don't right. choose licentiousness, really. I mean, some people do, but not not right away. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in the early days, but I don't know. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. I do think that um, pureness of heart does have a connection to contrition, right? You know, the Lord says that he desires a contrite heart. Right. And purity of heart says, I want to know the truth of myself and I want to have true contrition for anything that does offend you. But the why of it is really important because I want to see you, mm. you know, you know how we haven't done this. Actually, we haven't talked about the stages of the spiritual life. We've never gone through well, the purgative. Have. Yeah, have we? I think we have. Yeah, but okay, I, I didn't remember that we always, it. We can do that every year. <laughs> so yeah, so there's, you know, traditionally there's three stages of the, of the the spiritual life: the purgative, the illuminative, and the unitive. Right, and on the purgative way, you know, kind of the early stage of things, we're often seeking to please God because we fear His punishment. Like we don't want to be punished. We don't want to be, you know, we're, it's a, it's a servile kind of way of going about it. But as you grow in your love of the Lord and your desire to see him, to be united to him in that illuminative stage, you're often, you're not really getting, you're not anymore even 
usually tempted towards mortal sin. Like the idea of entering into a mortal sin is just like, heck to the no. I'm, that's not even on the table. But you're deepening your ability, your, your desire to see more and more fully the truth of yourself, to understand where those areas of impurity in your heart are. Now, less because you're afraid of the punishments of God, but more because you're desiring to see him more and more clearly and to be more and more united to his heart and anything that separates you from him. Any little small thing that causes a little bit of separation hurts your heart because you want to be totally united to him, one with him, love in truth and just that becomes the overarching desire of your life is that unity with the Lord. And so you move from that servile fear to that desire of a lover. Mm. Right. And and in the end, that's, you know, the, that's when your heart is becoming more and more purified to that desire of wanting to see God. You know, like one of my favorite verses in the Bible, now we look through a glass darkly, but then we shall see clearly just as we are, we are no, you know, we'll see clearly and be known fully just as we are fully known. Mm -hmm. That desire to want to clean up the purity of our heart so that we can have a clearer view of God is so that we can know fully how beloved we are and to love him more fully. Right. And and as you're saying that, it's that mirror image kind of thing where if the mirror is really, really dirty, you cannot see Perfect, yeah. the image of, in the likeness of God right. within yourself. And it's a matter of reducing uh, sin and, and um, adding more virtues or, or working toward the virtues so that you can see more clearly. And, and, you know, I think this is a very interesting and a great question for contemplations, my listeners. Um, what do you look like redeemed? If you had no original sin within you, what would you look like? What kind of person would you be? What kind of characteristics would you have? And contemplate those and strive for those. Yeah. Because we've talked about this before, I think, where, you know, how I'm so convicted that every human soul is meant to image a particular part of God. That there are certain attributes of God that he created you to display to the world. And the more we are clear of our sinfulness, of, you know, these impurities of heart, the more fully we display those aspects of God in the world to other souls, the more clearly we reflect his image. And so it's not just that we see God more clearly in our purity, but others see God in us more clearly Amen. in our purity. It's mm-hmm. the both and in our witness to who God is, is so much more profound and so much more compelling in our purity of heart. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I the person that I am? In the purity of heart says, I am who I am because God made me to be beautiful. He mm. made me to image a part of himself that the only can be seen through me. And that the, Lord, the world will be devoid of this aspect of God if I am not imaging it. 
And so that purity of heart that says, I want to love God more fully, but I also want to be a witness to him more fully in the world. And that is the compulsion to become more and more pure in heart, more and more clarity of spirit. Yeah, yeah. You know, Megan, I I have often at mass, I have this image um, before receiving communion where I'm singing and asking the Lord to make my heart a good place for him to rest, to Mm -hmm. be pure. And so I, I'm always challenged by the thought of, it, is my heart pure enough for my Lord to rest in? Are there things that are offensive to him where he would find repugnant and not want to rest within me? Which I think is a beautiful way to, to approach um, the Eucharist. Is my heart a worthy place for my Lord to rest? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That, that, that's a big motivator, right? Mm. And again, it comes to that point of unity, right? Like, you don't, you want him to feel comfortable dwelling within you, you know, and make that, that truly unifying experience where you're just in that lover's embrace. Absolutely. And so just, we have to desire it though, you know, like I think one of, when we were talking about the beatitude, we were talking about the, um, hungering and thirsting for righteousness. And I was pretty harsh about my feelings of disgust of complacency that I often see in Christians. There can be complacency towards the things outside that really cry out for justice. But there's also a deep, deep complacency sometimes with people of what's going on inside. And that sense of, I'm good. I'm a good person. I'm so a good true. Christian. I, you know, I follow the the Ten Commandments. Well, let's talk about that little story. That little story of that rich boy. Little rich boy comes along to Jesus and he says, Lord, what do I need to do to be, you know, holy, to be saved? Enter the kingdom. Be, enter the kingdom, right. Jesus says, well, um, you know, you need to follow the commandments. I have done all these things since my youth. And Jesus looks at him. And I love the line that it says, and Jesus looking, looked at him, loving him, said, leave all your possessions and follow me. And what happened? The rich boy walked away sadly. He wanted the kingdom of God, but he didn't want it that much. He had a certain purity of desire to know that the kingdom of God was something desirable, but he didn't have enough purity of heart to be abandoned to everything to gain it. He had an attachment, too much attachment to worldly things, be it people or things or stuff, etc. So he had given his soul to useless things and the things that were vain, even though his soul longed for the kingdom of God He had given too much of it over to those things of the world. Mm. And so we can't be complacent with ourselves. Yeah, we may be following the Ten Commandments. We may never be going to confession with a mortal sin. But there's always more. There's always deeper. There's always a place we can still get healing, a place that we can still be purified. And if we're not 
constantly desiring to grow in holiness, if we're not constantly trying through God's grace, always through God's grace, it's not our work, it's his work. But if we're not always striving and seeking for greater purity, greater cleanliness, greater, you know, living in the spirit in truth, then we have become complacent and we are not truly seeking the face of God. This life is not your rest. Don't rest. It's not your home. It's not your home. It's not your rest. It's not your destination. You must continue to strive. Mm. Always moving forward, always going deeper, always peeling another layer of that onion off. Okay. You know, we work through that Lord. Thank you for the grace of healing in that area. What's next? What's next? What's next? How can I get closer? How can I get holier? How can I work to be more like you? We have to always be striving for greater purity of heart. And when we do that, the Lord will reveal himself with greater clarity and greater love and greater joy. And it will only serve to bless us. And it might be hard work. It is hard work. It will be hard work. You're right. It's not my, it's not my, it will be hard work, but it is so worth it. It's so worth it because what greater promise is there than to see the face of God, Mm. to see it. Yes. In the end, in the beatific vision, but in this life, to see it in our brothers and sisters Amen. in the Lord, to see it in the poor, to see it in the downtrodden, to see it in nature, to see it all around us. And all the things of the world will fall away compared to that. I love that song. I think I've quoted it before. Cast your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will look strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. That's beautiful. I don't remember you quoting that before. Well, maybe I did. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. So, yeah, constantly be seeking the face Mm. of God. Such is the generation that seeks the face of the God of Jacob. Let us be seekers of his face by growing in purity of heart. Beautiful. This is my favorite. Yeah. (laughs) It's beautiful. I love it, too. Uh, to me, this is is one that just uh, when we're we're striving for the Christian life, focusing on that purity of heart and what offends our God, what and seeking His face and being worthy to see His face. I mean, this really encapsulates so much of our walk in the Christian life. Probably one of the reasons it's so favorite of yours. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, the truth of the matter is, I spent a time totally not seeking His face and denying that maybe he even had one. Mm. you know, and that is no place to be, no place to live. And let me tell you, God has a face and he has a name and it is Jesus Christ. And he loves us so much that he wanted to make his face known to us. And he became man. He became man and he walked on this earth so that we could see his face and hear his voice and know his love There is nothing better than that. Nothing of this world compares to that. Seek the face of Jesus Christ. 
Seek him in the confessional. Seek him in adoration. Seek him in mass. Seek him in your brother and sister in Christ. Never stop seeking him and never tolerate anything in your heart that would obscure you from seeing him. That's the call of the Christian life. Nothing else. No other thing. Let's pray. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord God, how good you are. How did we even deserve one even iota of the love that you have for us? So much love that you came to become one of us so that we would know that you know. You know our hearts. You know our sufferings. You know our desires. And you know more than anything what we need because you created us. You created us and you knew that we needed a face. And so you gave us the beautiful face of your son, Jesus. He is everything. Let us live that way. Let us live with purity of intention, purity of heart, single-mindedness of purpose that says, I want nothing of this world except for you And you have promised, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. So Lord, we seek you first. We seek your face and we seek the purity of heart to see it. For you have promised us in this beatitude, the pure of heart shall see God and we want to see you. Make yourself known to us and give us the purity of heart to see you. It is only through your grace, Lord God, that we can even come close to this call of purity of heart. So we ask for an outpouring of your grace upon us, all who are listening to this. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Cleanse us. Bring your fire of love. Burn away any impurity. Be that refining fire that will allow us to have purity of heart, not only to see you, but also to reflect you to a world that is so dark that needs to see the light of your love. I ask that, Lord, you would give each person listening to this podcast a fire in their soul to constantly strive to go deeper and deeper into the knowledge of themselves and anything that keeps them from being more and more united to you. Give them that desire, Lord, that holy desire to become purified in your love and give also the trust that you will fulfill it if we desire it. We place ourselves in your hands, Lord God, and we trust in your goodness. We love you. We desire you. Show us your face. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So thank you so much for joining us. If this podcast has really blessed you as it has blessed us, just to be able to have these conversations, we ask you to share it with a friend who you think it might bless. And until next time, God bless. God bless you.